One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show with me, Adam Bayfield, the people's champion. And sat across from me tonight is cricket pundit and prominent Twitter personality, Tony Kerr. <laughs> people's champion of what? Podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Actually, I was, you know, Twitter's launching these new profiles. I'm surprised I haven't been approached to kind of demonstrate it. <laughs> no, they're, they're just, you know, they've changed their, the design of the layout of profiles on Twitter. They've kind of, you know, there's a few celebrities and prominent Twitter, you know, the Twitterati have been uh, kind of demonstrating it. Floyd Mayweather. But I'm surprised <laughs> that wasn't included in the, tr- in the trial. Sort of five, like, sample profiles. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Zach Efron. You probably just missed the cut, I would imagine. I'm just, I mean, on the kind of follow account, very, yeah, very Yeah, narrowly. you're kind of, I guess, is Efron more of a heartthrob than you at this point? <laughs> High School Musical is quite a long time ago now. Marginally. I think I've done stuff more recently than him. How's it going anyway, Tone? How are you doing this week? Yeah, it's going well, thanks, mate. We're back in the studio, aren't we? We were, we were on Skype last week, uh, but we're back together, reunited in the studio. Our face studio, to face. Our studio may be not as high budget as uh, Sky's World 2020 Zone studio. We haven't got a net in here. No. Not yet, anyway. I mean, I don't know what we'd do with it if we had one. You'd just give me a few, th- few throwdowns. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We haven't really got Ricky Ponting, have we? we ha- yeah. We have got Rob Key and Joe Ruto. <laughs> They're just sat over there, just watching. They just wanted. They said they just wanted to come down and watch. Uh, did you have a good weekend, though, Tone? Yeah, it was excellent. Thanks. Uh, one thing that I know you did this weekend is uh, watch the cricket because we watched it together. It was a World Cricket Show final party. A lot of people would have paid good money <laughs> to come to that, but as it was, it was just the two of us, and we we didn't really. We didn't actually talk to each other that much. <laughs> we were both, we were you were just tweeting the whole time. We were both just kind of tweeting. Well, well I wasn't tw- tweeting. <laughs> well, you were on Twitter. You may <laughs> yeah. not have been tweeting, but you were reading my tweets out loud. Yeah. As I was sat next to you tweeting and you were just reading them back to me. It was a sad kind of sad vision of the future. I really. think you were just perusing the hashtag one big over <laughs> yeah. thread. I you? Who they were thinking was going to get the one big over. No, we had a good time. We got the mini eggs in, got the, uh, the tap waters in. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty wild. You were very hungover, I think, weren't you? Uh, yeah, a touch. It was quite annoying, though, because every time, you know, there was a boundary hit or something and the music started blaring, you jumped out of your seat and started, like, dancing <laughs> around <laughs> like, a, like a lunatic. Well, I just wanted to feel like I was a <laughs> yeah. part of it. Just uh, going like, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mum was furious <laughs> as well. Yeah, she was also so sat more, on the sofa. Kind of jigged off. <laughs> yeah, just jigged off into the distance. <laughs> And you got that kind of beer snake as well going. <laughs> Feed the snake and it will grow. Feed the snake and it will grow. It was a good time. But yeah, as I say, I was just there tweeting. Uh, I was going to give you an opportunity to talk about David Cameron's Twitter if you wanted. Right, <laughs> okay. 
Right, I was just getting annoyed about David Cameron's Twitter presence. Uh, now I know I'm probably not the right one to criticise, given that my Twitter presence is negligible at best. Although I have broken through 250 tweets this week. Wow. Uh, and only, uh, only a few less followers than I have tweets. So, you know, all the ratios are there. So you're saying only a few less followers than last week. So it's been a successful <laughs> yeah, every week. Every time I tweet, I lose a follower. But yeah, I don't know, just David Cameron's tweets. He just hashtags thing. I mean, I guess it's not probably him, is it? Well, we were talking uh, about the... We were talking about it because of the hashtag one big over thing. Yeah, I don't know where it came from that it became a, a thing that uh, people and brands hashtag stuff, like whole sentences in which the first letter of each word is capitalised. Yeah. I don't know why, it just annoys me. Uh, well, it's because they've sort of misunderstood the hashtag, haven't they? They sort of feel yeah. like, you know, oh, this is how people talk on Twitter. So David Cameron writing something about the economy and then putting hashtag long-term economic plan. Yeah, I mean, you could, they, could not have, a they could have come up with something punchier. <laughs> uh, hardworking people or something. Yeah, hashtag hardworking families. But then he used, but then he, it, or they use it, uh, use it just in sentences. So they'll be like, you know, went down to see Agnes at Asda. She's part of the hashtag long-term economic plan, <laughs> isn't she? Or something like, come on. The thing about hashtags is I, I assume that people only use them ironically. Or the other thing being, you know, if you say like hashtag world t20 or something or hashtag ashes where it's just a very basic hashtag so you can see what everyone's writing but if you're going to write a longer hashtag than that i'm assuming it's ironic but then sometimes it's not like people just put you know hashtag hashtag bad day or something but then i sort of think like that about a lot of internet stuff like i'm assuming people are being ironic about selfies but people aren't necessarily people actually post selfies yeah in a non-ironic way and when i think about that it depresses me (laughs) You just, you, I mean, you haven't really posted many selfies. I dare you to post a selfie tonight. What, no makeup or? Whatever you want. Well, it would have to be an ironic one, though. <laughs> yeah. like, I'll have to come up with a hashtag as well. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, even though I was tweeting all the time, I did also watch the cricket, and you did as well. Uh, and it was a good final. And we're going to be talking about it in terrifying depth on tonight's show. Hashtag extremely detailed cricket punditry. Uh, but just before we get going, of course, the World 2020 is over. The World 2020 Fantasy League is also over. Regular listeners are well aware that we have been running a World Cricket Show Fantasy Mini League on the official ICC game. And it's just been a barrel of laughs, Tone, hasn't it? It's been an absolute barrel of laughs from start to finish. But we've got some winners now. We've got an overall winner uh, and a winner of each of the various phases of the competition. All of these people receive World Cricket Show mugs. The group stage winner was Armen Nazir. The Super 10s winner was Harry Van Buren. The winner of the knockout stage was Ashwin Varghese. And Ashwin Varghese, also the overall winner of the Fantasy League. Uh, he finished more than 600 points ahead of second place. Second place Don't need was... to mention me, second place. Or <laughs> you know, I mean, I could just mention that second place was uh, a hashtag legend by the name of Adam Bayfield. In fact, I'll just give you the, the top... The top three. <laughs> now, I'll give you the top ten. Uh, Ashram Varghese, Adam Bayfield. Third place was Chris Balcom. Fourth place, Tony Kerr. Fifth place, Armen Nazir. Sixth place, Harry Van Buren. Sam Pillay was in seventh. Eighth was Fraser Woodley. Ninth, Paul Evanet. And tenth was Evan Sturber. Yeah, I feel like... Uh, 
it. They should only play it on weekdays because what cost me was <laughs> the two weekends in the Super 10s. Well, you must be relieved that this is over now, Tony, because it did seem to be really stressing you out by the end of the competition. What started off as you know a little bit of fun for you turned uh, into this thing that was kind of ruining your life. It was a real monkey on your back. The best comparison I can make, I'm probably in terms of like fantasy cricket games, I am the arsenal of fantasy cricket games. You know, I'm always out in front, always leading kind of by the equivalent of February uh, of the game. Uh, and then I just have a collapse. In March. Yeah, uh, which is slightly annoying. You know, and I'm also, you know, very stylish as well, the way I, the way I accumulate my points. Uh, but yeah. You did throw it all I've, away. I've still you... finished fourth, though. I've still got, <laughs> it's Champions, still League. Got Champions League. You did, throw it all, you did throw it away because, yeah, you were, you were out in front of me for quite a while. But I, I, I told you I'd reel you in, and I did. I'd like to see a kind of chart of the points because you'll you'd see uh, and when transfers were made. I, mean, I, chart, I can't like blame a, myself. Like a list of myself. the points. <laughs> like a list no, of who like got a, how many points. A worm. A Manhattan. A, yeah, Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> what, hashtag one big day. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I had five or six hashtag one big days uh, that just got me back into contention. Well, it's great. In the I power just, play. I sat on it. <laughs> you said to. I mean, I just got I, bogged down in the middle overs. You got bogged down in the middle overs and just you struggled on the weekends but you said to me because you what basically you were saying is that you couldn't you couldn't change your team because you were either out drinking or hung over on the weekend but you said to me between the semi-finals I was like oh you haven't changed your captain for the second semi-final and you you replied I just didn't have time there's 24 hours between the two games world 2020 it's all over the World 2020 came to an end on Sunday as Sri Lanka defeated India to claim the title. Beaten finalists twice, of course, at the World 2020. They finally got their hands on the trophy in Dhaka. Uh, and it was a very exciting game, I thought. India batting first were extremely well placed for most of their innings. Virat Kohli going great guns. He made 77. Uh, but Yuvraj Singh got stuck 11 from 21 balls. Sri Lanka bowled brilliantly at the death uh, and India ended up just 130 for four. That was always going to be a real challenge to defend. But Sri Lanka w- would have been a bit nervous when they were 65 for three in the 10th over when Mahela Jayawardena was dismissed. But Kumar Sangakkara stayed extremely cool in his final ever 2020 international to guide his side home. He made 52 not out from 35 balls. Thesara Pereira, 23 not out from 14 balls. And Sri Lanka got home with six wickets and 2.1 overs to spare. And they won the title. What did you make of this then, Tone? Was this, uh, was this a good final? Do you think? I guess in the, in the end, it wasn't that close. I mean, if you hadn't seen the game and you just looked at the scorecard, you'd think, oh, that's a pretty comfortable victory for Sri Lanka. Maybe not that thrilling a game. But, you know, I thought it was pretty tense right the way through from what I could tell. You know, I was obviously just on Twitter most of the time. But from what I could see, it was pretty tense. And I thought, you know, India defended that total very well actually they were really doing their best to defend it and when Tiramana was dismissed Sri Lanka still needed more than 50 at that point another wicket would have probably made India favourites so maybe not thrilling but tense very tense yeah uh, yeah it wasn't a classic was it and it might well have been uh, the finish might well have been closer but yeah Sri Lanka just got away they, they, they just they had just, enough, they, didn't yeah, they? They, they, they timed it right and, and India didn't have enough so yeah yeah, it was enjoyable then as you say tense and I think yeah everyone well, a lot of people would have been behind Sri Lanka. Uh, neutrals, I would say. You didn't want... You know, it was tense because you didn't want Sri Lanka to choke. 
It was great scenes at the end, wasn't it, with Sri Lanka celebrations. I mean, they've been denied before. They were denied in 2009 and last time out in 2012 at home. Obviously, they lost the 2011 50 over World Cup final to India as well. So, you know, they've had a lot of near misses. So it does feel like this is probably their turn, doesn't it? And it was, I think, fantastic that it was Kumar Sangakkara who got them over the line in his final ever 2020 international. Sri Lanka really needed somebody to to knuckle down and play a controlled innings, to play a Sangakkara-type innings. And luckily for them, they had Sangakkara in the team. And he stepped up to that play as he's done just countless times in the past. And it was especially great because up until that point, throughout the tournament, he'd been absolute toilet, as you would say. Uh, you know, I'd predicted him to be the batsman of the tournament. Uh, and he just made no runs whatsoever. I'm surprised you got to second in the fantasy league. Some of your predictions... <laughs> Really? Well, I actually got... I had Sangakara in my team for the whole tournament, but I got rid of him for the final. Yeah, then he, then he that's went true. I bend him. Then he went and got the man of the match. Um, but, you know, he had been in stunning form coming into this in test cricket and 50-over cricket, but maybe 2020 isn't his strongest suit. But chasing just 130, that meant that he could play a, a tempo that he's much more comfortable with rather than, say, chasing 180 or 190. And he did it expertly. Great to watch. It was a... You know, you couldn't have written... A better script. He's just such a legend, isn't he, Sangakara? Yeah, I mean, there are there are a number of players in that Sri Lanka team that uh, that are difficult not to like, and yeah, I think just a really perfect end to a tournament in a way. I mean, one of the kind of features of that of Sri Lanka's tournament really is that no one really stood out, did they? Uh, I mean, when you compare Sri Lanka with India, you know, India's batting really was dominated by Kohli. Um, and Sharma, Sharma as well got a lot of runs in the tournament I don't know if it held them back in the final but certainly then when you saw someone like Yuvraj who was just really struggling for form and again with the ball India were, were kind of you know it was Mishra and Ashwin that were dominating and, and they didn't really get on top of things in the final uh, was with Sri Lanka you know no one really stood out with bat or ball everyone kind of chipped in and it was a real team performance so it was quite unspectacular I don't know going to the final you know you looked at India and thought well this could be Kohli's final because he's you know he's just that good uh, whereas with Sri Lanka, you thought, well, you know, Jai Wardner, Sangakara, none of them actually look that, look like they're in that good nick. But as a team, they've, they've played really well and they all chipped in. Yes, that's interesting, actually. You know, India, in a way, kind of suffered for being so dominant earlier on because they Dhoni hadn't really had to bat. Um, Yuvraj hadn't really had to do much batting. It had been Sharma and Kohli. And, you know, just when Sri Lanka got a couple of early wickets, there were guys coming in who hadn't actually done that much batting in the tournament. Sri Lanka, like you say, you do wonder... Where did they actually get their runs from in this tournament? Because, you know, Jai Warden had a pretty average tournament. Well, yeah, you have, there's no Sri Lankan batsman in the top 10 run scores in the tournament. Yeah, Jai Warden is number 11. Uh, and if you look at the bowling as well, Kudasekara, their leading uh, wicket taker, but only eight, uh, ninth in the tournament in terms of wickets. Yeah, it's really interesting, I think, that we talk a lot. We talked in the preview about the, the kind of superstar players. And obviously, Sri Lanka do have superstar players, but at the end of the day, cricket is a team game. And it. It was a, a real team performance by Sri Lanka. But even so, you wonder where those kind of constituent parts of the team performances came from because thinking about the batting, yeah, Jai Wardner, average, Sangakara, rubbish until the final. Dilshan had a very poor yeah, tournament. Yeah, Dilshan. Kusal Pereira, you know, looked great and got a lot of headlines but actually didn't make a score. It's quite a conundrum that to actually work out. I mean, I guess they only had to score 40 to beat the Netherlands, which you know, <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, accounts for that to some extent. But even so... It is kind of remarkable. It was, as you say, a real team performance. Uh, and for this team going forward, they've now got to do it without Sangakara, without Jaya Wardner. This was, as I say, the last time we'll see either of them in a T20 shirt. But that, and that is sad. But, you know, I guess we shouldn't eulogise them too much because they are still going to 
carry on playing the other form, uh, the other forms of the game. We will still see them at next year's 50 over World Cup. But I think this T20 team now could be quite interesting. It's a bit of a canary for Sri Lanka, isn't it? It's a bit of a canary down the mine. A good sort of window into what life is going to be like for them without those two who have been such mainstays, constant presences in the Sri Lanka team for the last like 15 years. In a way, it's encouraging that they have won this tournament without anything too significant from either of them or from Dilshan until the final at least. So you do think, oh, well, they haven't been that reliant on them in this tournament and they've won it. So that's an encouraging sign. But obviously they have been so important to Sri Lanka that, you know, you do wonder whether people like Kisal Pereira, Tiramana, Chandimal, can they take on that that mantle? And they're going to have to do it, first of all, in T20 cricket, which will be interesting to see, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'd, you'd imagine, you'd think come the next World 2020, I probably won't be tipping Sri Lanka. I don't know. I, I don't think they will be able to replace them immediately. How can you? Well, yeah, I mean, probably irreplaceable. I mean, Russell Arnold was was talking up a lot of the youngsters and, and that's fair enough. And, and he made a good point, which is that when Aravinda De Silva and uh, Ranatunga were about to retire, people said, well, they'll never replace these two. And then Jai Warner and Sangakara came along. So there's nothing to say that it can't happen again, but there's also nothing to say that it will happen again. It's just going to be interesting to see how they deal with that loss because it's a massive loss. But you say you wouldn't tip Sri Lanka next time. Like we say, it's not really been the batting that's won in this tournament. It's not been Sangakara or Jai Warner. It has been the bowling attack. It is a fantastic bowling attack and they were fantastic in this final and it, they've, they've, you know, it's been the best bowling attack in the competition. And I don't want to say that I told you so about that, that you know, the, the team with the best bowling attack would win the competition, but, you know, I told you so, I f***ing told you so, so <laughs> that that would be the case. Unlike the batting as well, it was all shared around. Yeah, you know, Hirath, Senanaka, Malinga, Kulaseka, Matthews, uh, Mendes. I mean, Mendes didn't have a great tournament, yeah, let's, did he? let's leave out Mendes. But, but... He, you know, they all took between four and eight wickets. Uh, you know, there was no one up there with kind of 12 wickets, and, and you know, it, it was it was a real spread. Uh, what about the economy rates, though? Maybe it's the economy rates is what we should well, I mean, it's, be looking it's, at. Yeah, it, it's that and... You know, Harath and Senanaka were both under five with the Conrad. So, yeah, uh, a pretty good, pretty good bowling performance. Again, as you said, that is slightly it's influenced by games against the Netherlands. Uh, also, well, Harath. A game against the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. So games against the Netherlands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but throughout the tournament, actually, and including in the final, and it was, it was sensational bowling in the final. And, you know, we'll talk about India in a moment and how they kind of lost it but you've got to give a lot of credit to the Sri Lankan bowlers I mean yes Yuvraj didn't bat very well but Malinga and Kulaseka well, you wrote Malinga off before the tournament I did you? write Malinga <laughs> off a little bit before the tournament I thought he was much better in this tournament than he was in 2012 uh, and you know looks to be back to his best again so you know I, no, no one should listen to me ever I suppose but but he and Kulaseka were just fantastic at the death they were just bowling those wide Yorkers and getting it right pretty much every single time, landing it on a sixpence, essentially. And you were saying, oh, why are they saying this is great death bowling? This is just great bowling. And that's true. Like, if you bowled that in the middle overs, they wouldn't be able to hit it for six. Just because it's at the end doesn't mean that it's any more or less difficult to to get those balls away. But the point is that it's just so difficult to bowl that all the time. It's such a hard thing to do. Like if you've ever yeah, I mean, tried I to agree. run up and bowl the Yorker, it's very difficult. It's such a small margin of error. It doesn't seem to be that hard for Malinga, though. He seems to be able to do it. But that's why he's such well, exactly. a world-class performer, exactly. so, I mean, because he, he makes it look easy. You know, he does it all the time. They were saying, oh, this is great death bowling, the commentators, but really it's just Malinga. This is great Malinga. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
It should well, be a, you know, a verb. Well, absolutely, but he, he doesn't always get it right. And even when he does get it right, you've, you've still got to give him credit. Yes, he does it all the time, but that doesn't make it any less amazing. And Kulisaker as well, they were just running up and landing it on an absolute dime. Um, you know, people were really angry that Yevraj couldn't get it away and, and took so much of the strike and angry that Kohli didn't face more deliveries at the end. And he did only face eight of the last 24 balls, which is pretty shocking given that he was on, you know, about 70 at that point. But he did face eight balls and he only scored seven runs off them. So he wasn't able to get that bowling away either because it was just so good. It was basically impossible to hit. And I think, you know, you can't really give those Sri Lanka bowlers enough credit for that. And essentially that is what won them the game and the tournament. You know, with the bowling attack as strong as that one, assuming that it stays together for the next tournament, I think you'd have to make them right among the favourites for that as well, even at this point, even at this early juncture. Wow, get your money on. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they've had an outstanding few months in Bangladesh, haven't they? Won the Asia Cup, they've won this. I think I'm right in saying that they've played 18 games of white ball cricket in Bangladesh over the last couple of months, and they only lost one of those, which was against England. Does that make you feel a little bit better about life as Not an England fan? But it does make you feel worse? <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, they lost against Alex Hales, really, didn't they? Yeah, yeah I don't know. It doesn't really, it doesn't really fill me with that much joy. In a way, is it like, well, why, if England can beat Sri Lanka, why did they stuff it up against like the Netherlands? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's slightly remarkable. I mean, it, well, that game was a certain. Yeah, there's an aspect of uh, anomal. Yeah, anomalistic is that word? It was anomalistic. It was an anomaly. We'll go with anomalistic. We'll go with anomalistic. It was a lom- anomalistic. It was a lomanistic. Yeah, it was very lomanistic. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even in that game, they did post the score they should have defended. So they should have beaten England. Really. Yeah, it was. It was an. Ex- it was literally an exceptional innings from Alex Hales. Is what did them. Uh, but yeah, it does sort of make me as an England fan think like, well, it's a little bit disappointing then that we could beat Sri Lanka, but not you know Holland. If England had anyone who could bowl in this tournament, then uh, you know we might have got a bit closer. Yes, yeah, so we're only you know we're only half. <laughs> I want field as well. Probably. Away, I suppose yes, we're yeah. only two thirds of cricket yeah, away and from being more a good cricket depth, team. But yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> uh, where did it all go wrong? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. For India then, you know, I've just talked about how it was basically impossible against those bowlers at the death, but there, is there anything that they could have done differently? You know, they, they did come into this final as very much, you know, looking like the best team in the tournament. They've been absolutely dominant in every game. They've not only won every game, 
but they'd won very convincingly in every game. What went yeah, wrong well, here for them? They didn't get enough runs in the final. They did look the best side going into it. You know, Coley was the, the man of the tournament, uh, the outstanding batsman. Uh, you know, a lot was made of how few balls he faced in the final, in the four or five overs of the final. Uh, and yeah, you, you, they would have got a bigger score had he been on strike. I don't know. It's just one of those things, I guess. They just didn't didn't quite get it right. And and Yuvraj really struggled. Well, I mean, what did he finish on? Eleven off twenty-one. Yeah. He got. Uh, you know, which is a kind of match losing innings, isn't it? Well, it is. I mean, it, not, not to be too hard. Yeah, clearly the guy's been exceptional at times. But yeah, it just in at that instance, at that kind of junction. This is junction, the problem. At that juncture, I mean, he just didn't get it right. We we are very much guilty of this, but it's you know. You can't overanalyze a 2020 yeah. game. At the end of the day, it's just 21 balls is what Yuvraj faced, and he's, he's now having his his house pelted with stones, well, I mean, that's ridiculous. Go, which yeah. is moronic, and you know it's it's beyond comprehension that because he has been such a hero for India over the last like 12 years plus, you know, staggering that. But clearly, a lot of Indian fans do feel that he is to blame for this, and you you can't well, understand his innings, why. His innings, his innings, is, yeah, had a player or he got. 40 off those 21 balls uh, then you know it's a very different game and, and Sri Lanka under a lot of pressure and India you know it would have been a, a more competitive finish but for whatever reason he just couldn't he couldn't get out or get uh, get the ball to the boundary yeah no I'm not I'm not saying he's not to blame I mean if if England had been in that situation Ravi Bapara had scored <laughs> 11 or 21 I'd have you know I'd have, I'd have had several kittens probably at that point but it's just this thing that sometimes it comes off for a batsman in 2020, sometimes it doesn't. And as I was saying, Sri Lanka did bowl unbelievably well at him. Yeah. I guess you just feel Yuvraj should have... It's that thing of hit out or get yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Like, if Yuvraj couldn't get the ball away, he should have just spooned a catch. I mean, there were, there or, were across, or walked off. There were quite a few of the balls which he just tried to kind of nerd around. He wasn't trying to hit the leather off it when he really should have been, uh, which, is, which is strange because, you know, clearly in the past he's done some pretty disgusting things to, to bowlers uh Stuart Broad namely Stuart Broad so yeah, you know it's, yeah, if anything he's one of the best hitters of all time you know not, there aren't many people who've done that so, so well, it's just, it, it was, he's just it not was strange. in form is he That's yeah but thing. it was strange that he wasn't he wasn't actually trying to smash it he was just but then maybe he was just trying to get Coley on strike and you, he wasn't doing a very good job well, of he that wasn't doing, no he was doing a terrible job of that but maybe that is what he was trying to do but then as I say when Coley was on strike he wasn't hitting boundaries either at the end when Coley was on strike he was nerdling singles because he couldn't do anything else because the bowling was so yeah. good I mean talking about Coley up until that point anyway it was another unbelievable innings from him and he did play a match winning innings in the semi-final as well to beat South Africa and at this point the question is when does he not do it I mean the, the commentators were getting a little bit ridiculous I thought at one point <laughs> yeah. he took a catch on the boundary didn't he quite early on in Sri Lanka's innings and Shane Warne was going oh it's just great match awareness from Coley that, that, it's like what, what are you talking about match awareness he knew he had to take that catch to help his team and he did it only Virat Kohli <laughs> yeah. could have done something it like was that. quite funny and also uh, at the end uh, like winning runs a hit and Cody go, and they're just like look at Kohli straight <laughs> across to Sheikh Sankara's hand it's like no mention of Shrekin winning <laughs> exactly. it's just like yeah it was getting a bit over the top of the commentary but having said that as a player leaving aside everything else just as a player if anything, you could make an argument that he's actually underrated, or at least up until this point, he's been underrated. I mean, I was talking about this with you before, but I'm re-watching The Office on Netflix, and obviously The Office is such a kind of cultural touchstone for our generation. It's, you know, influences the way that people talk. It's like such a massive moment in television. 
But on rewatching it, it's like, actually, you know what? This is probably underrated because it's just so good. It's even better than people think. And in some ways, Coley is even better than his ludicrously high reputation. He's just a dominant player across all three formats now. And, you know, we we talk a lot, you know, we make a lot of statements about, oh, he's the best batsman in the world when we're talking about, you know, De Villiers, Amler, Clark. You could certainly make an argument that Coley is the best batsman in the world at the moment. And he, up until this tournament anyway, he's probably not had enough people saying that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, 319 runs, the most ever by uh, a batsman in a World 2020. The long history of the World <laughs> Yeah, historic achievement there. Uh, but yeah, it, it, and he's been doing it for, for, for a few years well, now. He's a big and he's game now player, he's coming into, you know, now he's, he'll just make runs for fun, you'd think, for, for years to come. Yeah, he's still only 25. He's, you know, he's a, he's a young whippet compared to us, Tane. And, and he's a big game player as well. You know, he always, he seems to just always do it on the big occasion. But anyway, yeah, I mean, a, a disappointing performance in the final. But overall, it was still a, a really good tournament for India. They were much better than I expected them to be. I didn't predict them to get out of the group. You did, of course. But let's not dwell on that. Uh, but, you know, they, they haven't actually been that good at the last few World 2020s. But they were terrific here. You know, the conditions did suit them. But conditions aren't everything. You know, that wasn't enough for Pakistan. And, you know, given that they'd played almost no T20 cricket in the 12 months leading up to this event, and then they just kind of turned it on here, does that maybe suggest that building a side isn't really something that you need to do in this format? Can you just sort of throw a team together? Yeah, well, England did that in 2010, of course. They just threw a team together and won it. Yeah, as you said before, you know, how much can you read into, how much can you analyse, you know, one game in 2020? How much can you analyse a World 2020? You know, we, we, we made our predictions at the start and... You know, some of them came off and some didn't, but it you know it wasn't a million miles away from from being a different story. Uh, going back in, earlier in the tournament, New Zealand blew it. You know, South Africa might have might have got that. I don't know. Like it, yeah, it's it's been it's been a really open tournament. Uh, yeah, I think you, I think you can I think you can just throw a side together. England didn't throw the right side together <laughs> yeah. in this tournament, probably. But that's the problem, isn't it? You can throw a side together, but it's a bit of a gamble, isn't it? I think you know there's still yeah. definitely room to build well, the team yeah and you still want to get the right balance and you want to have the right options available to you you can't just throw a side together that, that doesn't consider what you need to win a, tw- a match of 2020 but you know in terms of the players the physical demands of players and, and the longevity of kind of success that you, you need to win a match it just isn't there in this format is it i mean it's, it's also probably overstating it a bit to say that india just threw a team together in the sense that yes they hadn't played a lot of t20 cricket but this isn't a million miles away from their 50 over team they did make some left field selections. You know, they brought back Amit Mishra and no one was expecting that. But, you know, the bulk of that team is their 50 overs side. They just hadn't played very much T20 cricket. So so it's a little bit different to say England in 2010 when they, you know, brought in people like Kiesvetter and Lum and uh, Michael Yardy, who, you know, sort of came out of nowhere. It's a little bit different to that, but it does suggest perhaps that you don't necessarily need to look at the T20 form of a team coming into an event. It you know, it, I don't want to say t- 2020 is 50-50, and it's not. It's not a lottery, but there's, you know, compared to the other formats of the game, it's much more erratic, isn't it? It's much yeah, definitely harder and, you know, to kind of predict what's going to happen. And one of the things as well, I think, in terms of in terms of the way teams uh, change their personnel throughout the tournament, you, I, you know, there was an argument that said maybe even Chris Gale should have been dropped by the West Indies towards the end because he, he did get a few starts, but he, he wasn't doing it quick enough and. There's no time, is there, in a World 2020 to play yourself into form. 
you know, maybe maybe that's something that teams will look at in the future. You know, India got rid of, you know, ditched one who in the past couple of years would have been one of their best hopes and one of, could have been one of the most destructive batsmen. Likewise, Sri Lanka ditched Mendes, who at the start of the tournament, you know, you might have thought would be one of the, the key men. So, yeah, I don't think you can be too precious about your, your best players. You know, clearly Mendes, Gale, Dewan are going to be around those setups for a lot longer. But in this tournament, you know, they didn't, they didn't have an impact. And two of the sides that got to the final got rid of their, those players and West Indies didn't get rid of Gale, I don't know. There's an interesting question about Gale. I think someone raised this on Twitter. I think I was reading this on, on, on Twitter. So, uh, but about whether the IPL is actually having a detrimental effect on Chris Gale because he's so dominant in that competition. But actually, you know what? The bowlers aren't very good. Then coming back into international cricket, he's trying to do the same thing. Uh, and not finding it as easy. I mean, it could just be that he's out of form, and that probably is the case. But it'll be interesting to see whether he now goes and absolutely smashes it in the IPL. Because people talk about, oh, the IPL is, is you know, it's great for people to play the IPL because you know, they, they have all this IPL experience to bring into international cricket. But actually, if it's not, you know, not a very high-quality competition, then that can have the opposite effect. Um, overall then, Tom, what did you make of this tournament? Was it a successful tournament? For you. I mean, I guess people generally only remember the final, don't they? I mean, do you remember anything about the 2012 event other than the final? Not massive. <laughs> so, Not massive. So on that basis, this tournament will probably be remembered quite fondly. Quite a good game in Sri Lanka. At this stage, when I do, winners. you know, when I do remember quite a lot of the tournament, uh, or some of the tournament at least, anyway, patches. Uh, not the weekend games. <laughs> uh, no, like, yeah, I think it's been a really good. To- it's been a good tournament, and like all the probably all of the world 2020s that have come before it really enjoyable i'd probably watch it next year if they put it on i would watch it i probably would watch it next year i would watch it next year you know yeah i'm not suggesting it should go yearly but you know perhaps two years is the right the right period it's a tournament that i really look forward to at this point and you know people have so many and we do often you know so many lengthy discussions about you know oh test cricket versus the other forms of the game etc but 2020 is just fun isn't it it's really really fun it's great entertainment, and this has been a tremendously entertaining tournament. Just loads of really exciting matches, actually. You know, England, Sri Lanka, Australia, West Indies, Pakistan, West Indies, Ireland, Netherlands, New Zealand, South Africa, South Africa, Holland. Nepal. Nepal, Afghanistan was great. Hong Kong, Bangladesh. We talked a lot about the format over the last few weeks, and, you know, I thought they got it bang on. Well, uh, yeah, I think it, it did the Super Tens maybe i don't know that you know there were dead there were dead games and that which there you don't were, need. but you can't really do much about that there are only a couple you know england holland was a dead game um australia bangladesh and australia india were dead games but there's always going to be dead games it's, it's quite unlikely that there's going to be no dead games at any tournament however you organize it that the same will be true in the football world cup yeah it, that's just going to happen i thought for the most part there weren't that many dead games actually and uh, you know for me they they got the the format right I think it's the the best format we've seen so far at this event, and I actually I thought it was a, a good decision to take it to Bangladesh. As much as Bangladesh, you know, on the field didn't have a great tournament uh, as hosts, I thought they did have a good tournament. You know, it was big crowds, enthusiastic crowds, very enthusiastic very, very crowds. Enthusiastic. But it seemed to be a, a really good atmosphere most of the time, and you know that that makes for a good tournament in, in and of itself. Uh, we'll wrap up in a second time, uh, but just quickly, I'll give you my team of the tournament. Thanks. A composite eleven if you will. See what you make of this. As opening batsman, I've gone for Rohit Sharma and Stefan Myberg. An interesting choice, Virat Kohli at number three. Then I've got JP Dumini and Glenn Maxwell as spin bowling all-rounders. 
Uh, my wicketkeeper, I've gone for Kumar Sangakara, partly just to vindicate my own pick of him as the uh, the batsman of the tournament, but also just on the basis of him being the man of the match in the final. Uh, Darren Sammy, at number seven, and he's my captain. Uh, then I've got three spinners in Ravi Chandran, Ashwin, Samuel Badri, and Sunil Narayan. Narayan didn't take that many wickets, but actually had the best economy rate of anyone in the competition, just four and a half, I think. Uh, and then Lasith Malinga as well. Five spinners in that team and one pace bowler. Was it too much about the spin this tournament? I wouldn't say it was too much about spin, but you know, it, we, we've got three tournaments in a row here that have played on the subcontinent, which clearly yeah, is, is spin friendly. Spinners are probably playing more of a prominent role than many predicted before, you know, well, at the outset of 2020. But yeah, uh, you'd imagine, uh, you imagine when the World 2020 next goes to, yeah, to somewhere else, we'll see a few more pace bowlers coming to the fore. I'll have to wait till at least 2018, of course, because the next one's in India. I would imagine, I actually don't know, they may have already planned it. If only there was some way to look it up on this computer I've got in front of me, but I would imagine that they will do that in the autumn in India, probably like October, something like that, because they won't want to clash with the IPL or have it too close to the IPL. So it's probably going to be about two and a half years till the next tournament. Shall we go, Tone? Shall we go to that? Bloody dirt, mate. That's bloody dirt. It's two and a half years away, so we may as well just say we'll go. <laughs> but look at, look at your uh, your composite 11. I mean, it, the players in there are all players that were just exceptionally consistent. Uh, you know, uh, that doesn't include many of the exceptional performance, like standout individual kind of one day, you know, on, on the day performances. Like Alex Hales. <laughs> like Hales, like uh, De Villiers' knock against England. But it's one and done, isn't it? That's the thing. Well, it, well, yeah. No, agreed. Uh, but you know, I have gone for Sangakara, but but yeah, you know, as we said before, Kohli, you know, was the most consistent. But that consistency is really key. Yeah, but then he was consistently he was consistently outstanding. Good. Yeah, yeah exactly. it wasn't just that he was getting thirties all the time. <laughs> he was consistently outstanding. Same for Ashwin. Same for Badri. Same for Darren Sammy, who put in more than one match-winning performance. So, you know, if I'd say that that's a really good composite eleven tone. I tend to agree with you. I'd give myself high marks for that. Much like celebrity couple Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow, it's time for us to split. I'm a couple of weeks late on that, actually, Tone. I tend to be a bit... I'm a bit out of touch with what the celebs are up to. But I did hear that uh, they've split up, those two. This is Chris Martin from Coldplay, not the New Zealand (laughs) That would be weird, wouldn't it? That would be quite strange. <laughs> What's Chris Martin and the New Zealand fastball up to these days? He's probably just going out with Winona Ryder. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I'd love to see an interview, Martin on Martin. Or Martin and Martin, just someone interviewing. We'll get like Dimbleby or someone to interview Chris Martin and Chris Martin. He's a better batsman. <laughs> that would be that would be an interesting experiment. We'll get them down in the net that we've yeah, got here in the, the studio. Well, Creative Show Zone. Chris Martin, if you're listening, and other Chris Martin, if you're also listening. Uh, there's an open invitation to come down to the World Cricket Show studio and have a net. Pop in. Have you enjoyed yourself tonight, Tone? Yeah, it's been fun. I've had the time of my life. But I'll tell you what, this is probably going to be the last episode for a couple of weeks. Uh, firstly, because I think everyone would agree that we could do with a breather. Uh, and secondly, because I'm not going to be here next week. I'm off on holiday, Tone. Very nice. Very nice. Down to Denmark. Denmark. Cricket capital of <laughs> Europe. <laughs> Northern Europe Cricket capital of Apart Southern Scandinavia Yeah uh, They've got a decent Decent cricket team Yeah they beat well, Guernsey, they beat Guernsey. Summer, Yeah they? Uh, Yeah well no It's semi-final of the uh, Div 1 European Div 1 T20 
What I'm saying is that I'm going on a uh, scouting mission. Yeah, find out what they're doing. You probably get a bowl probably over there. I might get a bowl. My friend Seb at uni used to play international cricket for Luxembourg, and he's, you know, arguably not even of my standard. <laughs> that's really that's saying really, something. If he hears this, a because it's Luxembourg, and b because he was like no one else wanted to be wicketkeeper. So he's playing international cricket against you know France and Denmark and stuff. It's annoying, isn't it? It is annoying. But then, because you'd say that, given that we come from an island of sixty thousand people, <laughs> yeah, true, you know, yeah. it's not like we've got that much competition. We're still not anywhere near <laughs> playing. We're still only in the B team of one of the clubs. Here. <laughs> so yeah, I suppose that's probably true. But you know, people actually play cricket here, whereas in Luxembourg, yeah. not so much. I guess we could start like a kabaddi team or something and then play international kabaddi for Guernsey. We should find some kind of sport we can represent around India. internationally. I'm sure I've talked about this before, but you know, on the basis that presumably there are some kids in like Brazil or Peru that if they were brought up in a place that was into cricket would be outstandingly good at cricket. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Presumably that's true. They just aren't exposed to cricket. I'd like to think that there is a sport... That, that I just haven't been exposed to, that I would be world class at if only I'd been brought up in that place. I don't want to shoot you down, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I guess the argument would be that uh, when you look at someone like De Villiers, who can play any sport, yeah. you know, if you can't play one, I mean, you've got, <laughs> what chance have you got of playing any others? I don't know. You know, if you were good at cricket, I, suppose I would say that, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm sure you could just pick up Buzkashi or something and, <laughs> and be an absolute star of the game. <laughs> And I include myself in that. Yeah, I suppose the argument would be look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> uh, it's not too late, though. It's probably too late to be world class at Buzkashi. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. But so, so another little dream has died. Uh, <laughs> right. But anyway, what I'm saying is that listeners are going to have to cope without us for a couple of weeks. Um, so I hope everyone has a good Easter break. You got any plans for Easter, Tone? Uh, the Easter Hockey Festival. Now, that is a sport that I'm not very good at. <laughs> it's it's a good job that the Fantasy League isn't still on because you certainly wouldn't be changing no, your team that weekend. That would have been a disaster. Uh, but having said that, we've just agreed to do an IPL Fantasy League, haven't we? We have just agreed that. Foolishly. Uh, which starts next week. The IPL does start very soon, yeah. Was it so next Wednesday? Wednesday the 16th it starts. So we won't do another episode before then. Um, so listeners, keep your eyes on... Uh, the World Cup Show Facebook and Twitter, and I'll let you know what's going on. And you can sign up for the IPL Fantasy League because this this World T Twenty One was such a roaring success yeah. uh, that we really need to do another one. We do need. I just need to find a way of you know at least maintaining an interest in the IPL. So there we go. Well, I've just mentioned the Facebook. That of course is Facebook.com/slash Cricket Show. Follow us on Twitter as well at Cricket Show. You can follow Tony at Tony Cover, T O N Y C V. Double R and follow me at Adam Bayfield12. Uh, send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. You can find all of this stuff on our website, which is cricketshow.net. Uh, and if you've got a spare bit of time this week, we really appreciate all the iTunes reviews that we get because that does help us to attract new listeners. And in fact, if you if you feel like it, we'd really appreciate it if you just take some time to tell people about the show this week. Just tell a friend. I understand, you know, a podcast is quite a it's something that you do on your own, isn't it? You listen to it on your own. It's not necessarily something you think, oh, I've got to tell my friend about that. But if you've got some friends who like cricket, let them know. Anyway, stay in school, kids. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back in two or three weeks' time. Keep it real. Bye for now. It happens to us all. It happens to us all. Each day is you.
conduct to smell your fear. How's it going anyway, Tane? We're yeah, back in this room, but I'm going to put this on charge. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> this is about to I'll be back. Sorry, that was very unprofessional of me. I probably won't keep that in. <laughs> no, That's right at the beginning of the podcast. That's just a right. 90 second so. pause. Um, all right. Okay. That typing just sounds like um, what it reminds me of. Whenever I hear someone typing, I instantly think of Goldeneye on the N64. Whenever like you'd like very slowly follow Boris to a computer, and there'd be that sound. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big 